Hello, everyone. Hello, all of you. Everyone listening, I'm saying hello to. Welcome to Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson, and with me is... David Berge, the Reverend Pastor David Berge. This is the second show in a row that you're looking at your phone at the start of the show. I'm, but it's related, yourself. To, it's related to the show. So there's just something we, I know one of the topics we're going to cover. And so I was like, oh, there's this interesting article that I remember about this. So let me pull it up on my phone so I can quick refresh my memory of the points so I don't misrepresent what someone else So you're says. always on task. I oh, shouldn't worry about you. I'm not like, I'm not like checking the tweets, you know, to see what the You're what not the tweeting LOL to, some, to somebody else. I'm, I'm memeing it up. Um, I'm also going to ask you to move your, um, your spit screen closer to your microphone and move your microphone up a little bit. Okay. Folks, I think this is great, great radio. <laughs> On air production meeting. There, there is, is that, that better? Sound, yeah. yeah, that sounds better, right? Yeah, I think it sounds, yeah, I was, pro- I bet, so if you listen to episode it's just, two. It just sort of drifted away in the other one. It was yeah. fine. If I, you listen to 215, it was probably, you know, crap audio, but what can we do? No, it wasn't. It was good. <laughs> okay. I, I had my eye on it the whole way. This okay. is just going to be slightly better. And this audience deserves the best. Yes, they do. Yeah. Because they're the best. <laughs> we, are the, we have the best fans in the world. <laughs> no. I always love that in like sport, when sports teams like win a championship. Like, we have the greatest fans in the world. Like, I'm world's number one dad. I think that's, you know, largely that's a wash unless you're talking about fans from Philadelphia, right? They're Isn't the that, worst. That's pretty much acknowledged <laughs> yeah. that they are awful yeah. people. Yeah. Hurling <laughs> batteries and booing Santa Claus and all of that stuff. Vomiting on each other and fighting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's a, uh, we should do that as a pod top. But ladies and gentlemen, this show, what we do here, what Pastor Dave Berge and me, Michael J. Nelson, do on this show, Like Trees Walking. How did you like that reset, by the I way? I love it. That it was, was like a control-alt-delete that you just was. pulled off right there. What we do on the show is we like to talk about the biggest issues of life, the things that touch all human beings, regardless of who you are or where you live. We do it in the language of English. In- English? <laughs> Good. Nice try. <laughs> wow there's really no way to recover from that is it when you mispronounce the word english we do it in english however it uh could be translated and these are universal themes and things that all human beings have to wrestle with and deal with topics of philosophy and culture and life and we do it from a christian perspective however we're speaking to everyone in the world because we're all we're all stuck with it. I am human. You are human. We're all we're all human. There's actually a song with those words that sounds like that. I, I, I'm staring at you, just going. <laughs> I am trying to pull up that song. Who could that possibly? I don't be? know. I don't know who does the song. <laughs> I am human. You are human. We're all we're all human. You did it in an anthemic way that made because he did it with outstretched arms, ladies and gentlemen. We do not have a camera in here. He was doing the uh, what's the guy? Oh oh the. Uh, Who's the singer who does the big... Uh, Gestures? He, he was the formerly Christian singer. Creed. Oh, Creed. Uh, Scott Stapp? Scott Stapp. Thank you. I was vamped until I came up with was that. Was he a Christian? I believe he was. He professed to be, and then... Uh, and then the the the, the pre or post Creed came out, and then stuff happened after he that. He was but. like, I think he was raised in kind of a. If I I don't I don't have deep Creed knowledge, um, <laughs> but I did once look up 
a creed song so i could make fun of it as a sermon illustration <laughs> very christian of me and um uh oh because i was doing a sermon series on the apostles creed and so i was like uh, hey we're gonna talk about creed. we're gonna talk about the creed no not creed and i was i literally knew no creed song so i had to look up one and then i saw some scott stapp and, and then there was like half an hour on apollo creed <laughs> the character from the rocky series yeah. Was, uh, so you did not discover that he was, I'm, I'm pretty sure. That he was that like he raised said, in like kind of like a Pentecostal, maybe charismatic fundamentalist type home that may have been like messed up or abusive. Hmm. I don't think that happens. That's I think I, all Christians are perfect. Especially I will not of, hear. Especially of the fundamentalist variety. <laughs> There's no, nothing bad ever happens all right, in look, said homes. Look, we went down a, a pathway yet again, uh, but the point is, Though we talk about those big things, today it's a little looser show because uh, Dave and I were talking about, uh, we had a couple rants sort of built up inside of us, and uh, these things are recent things in our lives, so we're going to talk about them and touch on universal themes. Yes. And then in the second half of the program, um, you will be surprised to learn that even Pastor Dave and I, the most perfect people you know, are not exactly perfect in every way and so we will do a corrections and addendum sort of our our confession yeah we our have coming, our coming cleans our taxi cab confession we have failed in the past and then we will take apart a uh, popular song it will not be a creed song so you <laughs> do not have to switch out the podcast what now is like, what is like a creed what is the what is a, what's a name a creed what was song? the one that he did like it was him you know sort of shirtless on his knees oh, with oh, two oh, fists oh, together oh, oh, singing know, about his with arms wide open <laughs> that's it yes that's it that's it that's it that's the one creed song yeah so uh but no they had a they had a bunch of hits they and were like the nickelback of their day right <laughs> i believe they were like nickelback let creed off the hook in terms of being like everyone's most despised band um is but he didn't Canadian? he no, was he was Florida, he was so. trying sort of a a pearl jam voice there i assume that is like a very like jeremy spoken you know it seems voice. like the kind of i look i don't know anything about it i'm not a singer myself so technically i can't say anything to me, it seems like the Pearl Jam way of singing is the way of singing that any guy who is pretending to sing could do immediately. <laughs> it's, it just doesn't seem that hard. Am I wrong? No, that seems like a like someone who's like make like pretending to sing, and then they're like, "Hey, I like doing I like doing this in front of people. Like, so let me keep doing it." It's the I was never a Pearl Jim Morrison from the Doors way of singing. Don't you love her madly? That just doesn't seem. I that think hard it's like better than Jim Morrison. That I, I won't argue with you there, but it's pretty easy to do. Anyway, so we have a couple day of rants. The night, like that's not singing. Night divides the day. Like that's not. Come on, it's no Pavarotti. It's no uh, Kurt Cobain even. I don't. That was not your best impression of him, but I agree with your conclusion. <laughs> if, if you want to rewind 15 seconds, hear Pastor Dave's impression of Jim Morrison and tell me if I'm wrong. Or, or you could just do it again right now. Let me hear it. Day divides night. Night divides day. I think dun, you're... Dun, 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 dun. Break all through to the other side. You're, you're doing it as sort of a, a cheerful Christian pop band. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that throaty. He's way down. He's much lower. Sorry. And my wife says whenever I'm like trying to like say, "Oh, do you know this song?" and I hum it, or I, she's like, "I literally don't." She says, "I can never figure out what song you're trying to sing." I have a friend who's that way too. Who will say, um, "I'll just say, sing that snippet of the thing," and 
the tunelessness is so amazing. <laughs> And he claims that in his head it sounds like angels singing. <laughs> like, <and then> he just... <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get the into point it. being that we do not have the big topic. We have a couple of rants that will touch on these big topics, and then we have the other things that I mentioned earlier. So, Dave, you are first. What just happened recently in uh, in the ding. history of the show? Uh, the NBA. Finals. The NBA Finals wrapped up very recently. We like to say this is an evergreen podcast, but sorry, folks. We are people in time. We are beings in time. That's a universal theme. That uh, that though we cover universal themes, we have to enter into the fray of actual life. Because uh, that's where we live. That's where we live. Yes. We live in the reality of this world. And I am a, uh, uh, for those who know me, if you don't know me, you're listening to the podcast, one of the things about me is I love basketball. Um, and I love NBA uh, basketball. Now, growing up in Minnesota and being a Timberwolves fan, there's like literally been no payoff for the past 14 years. Uh, but whatever, what can I say? I, I love uh, I love basketball. Passionately, you know, watch the NBA playoffs because it's the highest level of competition, highest level of drama. You know, I thoroughly enjoy it every year when May comes around and it's you know the most wonderful time of the year. We can start watching the playoffs or April, I guess. Um, well, um, this year something happened uh, that just just left a very bitter taste in my mouth. And what happened left a bitter taste, and the react- some of the reaction to it left a very, very, very bitter taste in my mouth. And this is what happened. What, Mike? Explain. No, I was... Oh, I, you're going to say you were interested. Was I looking I expectantly? You were I like, I thought maybe I, you were like, no, no, never mind, never mind. Okay, okay. So it, what happened was, uh, you know, we, we know this is 2017. The Golden State Warriors... Um, you know, curb stomped their way through the NBA playoffs. And so because a 73-9 and team from a year ago added arguably uh, the greatest scorer in the game, you know, one of the top five players, undoubtedly Kevin Durant. And so the best team, you know, regular season team ever adds, you know, one of the, they, they swap out Harrison Barnes, who's a meh, and he was garbage in the finals last year. And so they add one of the greats, Kevin Durant to their team, and uh, who Kevin Durant to add insult to injury was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you know they they famously Wait, why is that insult to injury? Well, because like they were rivals of the Warriors, so you know Durant goes from OKC, a team that pushed this oh, amazing okay. Warriors, right. you know, so so it would be like uh, Larry Bird, you know, joining the going and joining the Los Angeles Lakers or right, Magic joining the Celtics. What? If you're explaining it to me, you can't use other basketball <laughs> analogies to explain. It, I have never seen a full game of basketball. It would in be my like life. it would be like. Gail Monfi uh, yes. becoming a doubles partner with Joe Wilfred Sanga. I think they have played doubles. Okay. Actually, now they both French. <laughs> yes, it would they be are. like it would be like <laughs> Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer becoming doubles partners. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, rivals, but not bitter rivals. Well, it, who's a bitter rival? Explain it to tennis? me in terms of um, classical composers. It would be like Dvorak. Um, <laughs> no, okay, all right. I sidetracked you. Keep, oh. keep going. Let me keep my rant I'm going. I'm sorry. Keep okay. the rant going. So this is this is insult to injury because he joins the rivals. So he, a super team gets, a, you know, an amazing team gets the rival. If, if you can't beat them, join them kind of a thing. And so, you know, it, it was a fait accompli. This entire NBA season, everyone knew who the finals was going to be. It was going to be the Cavs versus the Warriors, and everyone knew that with Durant, the Warriors were going to win. And they, uh, yes, they didn't sweep the series. They didn't go 16-0. and They went 16-1 and in the playoffs, and they lost one game 
that they lost uh, game four to the Cavs, and they went home in game five and won it. And, and it wasn't competitive. It was boring. It was awful. There was no and drama. everybody knew this. Everyone knew this. Going Everyone into this. it, leading up to it. No drama. No, no drama. The inevitable. But then, you know, so you get people complaining. They're going, there's no drama. This is terrible. This is not good for the NBA to have one team that is so ultra dominant. This is not enjoyable for us as fans of the game to watch. And then, you know what? All the pointy-headed NBA hipsters look at the plebs complaining about the fact that there's no drama. It's inevitable. It's a fait accompli. Everyone knew what was going to happen. It was so overly predictable. And they pushed their glasses up their noses and looked down at us and said, You, you, you unwashed rubes, how can you dare not appreciate the beauty of what just happened? And, well, actually, the NBA has always had these super teams. And, well, actually, look at the ratings because they're so high. To which I will say, and I love, my favorite is the ratings argument, where it's like, this can't be bad. Lots of people are watching it. To which I say, like, do you know how much money Star Wars The Phantom Menace made? Does that make it a good movie that it's probably in the top 10 or at one point was like maybe the top grossing movie of all time? Does that make it a good movie, Mike? I would just point out now, I'm just doing a little sidebar. Uh, (laughs) Pastor Dave is now red faced and animated. His fists are clenched in rage. And then I will get back to answering your question. Uh, nothing makes any Star Wars movie a good movie. So, but continue with your rant. <laughs> but especially with Phantom Menace. Yeah, so the people quoting the ratings, it's like, yes, this is bad for the NBA. That does not mean it's bad for NBA ratings. Like, so that's not the point. Just saying this is bad basketball. Uh, I am not entertained in the sense that one of the things that makes a sport like basketball so great is the drama of competition, you know, closeness, it coming down to the wire, uh, the fact that it's not inevitable, that anything could happen. That's why we watch sports. That's why it's so compelling, not just to see the highest level of levels of performance in a given sport, um, but to see uh, two teams pushing one another to the to the edge, the drama, the competition, the uncertainty. So people are saying, like, you have to enjoy the balletic nature of what's happening. Like I'm watching uh, Barishnikov, you know, dancing around on stage. If I wanted to watch ballet, I would watch ballet. If I'm watching basketball, I want there to be drama. And then the other pointy-headed people say, well, how can you criticize Kevin Durant for going to the Warriors? Would you criticize, uh, you know, Joe uh, from uh, Xerox from going to work for, you know, IBM or Amazon? And it's like, so it's just saying, like, he made an employment decision that's great for him. This is sports. It's not the real world. Okay? Wow. (laughs) This this man. I got so much. I've never seen you. I have two questions for you before you spin off into utter rage and destroy the studio, Hulk-like, okay. tearing your shirt off, which is already gone, and, and he's green right now. Uh, can you call out some of these people? Do, do we want to do that? The, I'll call, the, the pointy-headed people yeah, saying I'll call this. Them out. Yes, I, I'll call I, I think actual examples are good. So we saw, um, uh, I'll call out sort of the sources of this. I won't call out people by name, but the places oh, where you'll see this. Dang. Well, I can't, uh, I don't want to miss, like, misattribute. Like, but I know some of this came from, there's a website called The Ringer that's run by Bill Simmons. Um, oh, okay. You know, right. who, who so you has did a call very, out a name. 
high opinion of himself. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. So Bill, the names are coming. Yeah. Out so there. Bill sort of had his peak, and uh, and he hosted a show on HBO that was canceled very quickly because it was awful. I did watch it, so I'm not saying that like like I I saw a couple episodes of it. It was horrific. Um, but, and he's not the source of it, but he, a little bit, and, and this kind of tone, this sort of high, you know, this phony highbrow commentary on the NBA. So, uh, you know, on the, on, on the ringer website, you saw that some of this like, you know, pointy headed N- NBA hipsterdom. You would also hear it on places like hang up and listen, which is a sports co- podcast from slate that I listen to every single week, which is hosted by Josh, Josh Levin, who I, I do like him. Uh, but the insufferable, uh, Stefan Fats uh, adds his commentary on that. All right, so lots of names. So Stefan Vatsitz, and then lastly, I will say that uh, that there's a, you get a lot of this too from the uh, kind of dead spin types, you know, where they are uh, they they they're the uh, contrarian uh, fans. But I think even they came around to the fact that it was it was terrible. So sort of this, you know, highfalutin sports ball people, um, you know, who are above the unwashed masses because there's somehow the sense that there's no territory to stake between like this. Uh, NBA hipsterdom fandom and like the, uh, you know, frothing lunatics like Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith, you know, like the hot takers and then the contrarians. And it's like, no, there's there's actually space in between those two. And actually, if you're just a mirror image of, uh, you know, the Baylesses and the Stephen A. Smiths of this world, that's you're you're no better than the thing you're critiquing. And I think that's a universal theme we can latch on to. Well, that was my second question, because there's a bunch of people who probably listen to this, who don't know anything about sports, let alone (laughs) basketball. How do we tie it back, Pastor Dave, to any kind of universal theme? Go. I think that a... a, a, Unclench your fists. I'm just going to breathe. Unclench your teeth. Go ahead and just speak. Now put the pastor head on. And I think what we... I'm going to be pastoral. pastor collar. Pastoral. Well, I think what we try to do on this podcast, right, is we try to approach topics with depth and thought and nuance and try to understand, you know, try to speak in a, in a charitable and understandable way about, you know, what we're talking about. And I see this kind of, this sort of take, you know, this hot taking and then the, uh, the sort of, uh, contrarian, you know, smarter elite opinion that, uh, that, that these are just further like kind of driving a wedge, like, and they're actually making the thing they're commenting upon less enjoyable, I would say. And, uh, you know, it might not drive ratings or might not be as popular because I guess being extreme um, is a lot like it is more attractive for some reason or it inspires a more passionate fan base or drives clicks or drives views. I don't know. But the the um, the seeking the truth and seeking understanding to me, um, it, it it. is valuable when it's undertook in, in good faith. And so a good, what I want is a good faith effort to really talk about what's going on here. And so I think that this kind of charitable attitude towards what we're approaching is, cannot be engaged in when one is hot taking or contrarian ising. I think this applies to many things in our lives. I think people, if they think about it for one second, can probably come up with a good example. (laughs) Easily, right? In politics, but in many, many areas of life, yes. No reason to attempt to create a drama where none exists if the reality in front of us is a much different thing. Why paint that drama on top of it to try to, uh, or to demean the other person or, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you know I, I I I called out names, but I'm not ashamed of it. And I think actually calling specific things out is 
is, uh, you know, I heard someone say recently that like calling people out by name is better than not because this sort of vague general criticism of people like them then kind of is like a slur upon everybody who might kind of see. In, yeah, in I that, think that's you know? true. It's like signing your name to things that you put on the Internet. Come on. Yeah. Name and picture. Real yep. one, not avatar, not fake name. Go up, to, you know, say what you want to say. And so, yeah, I agree with that. That's so fine I'm, to so call I'm, them out. I'm not vagging. These are specific sources of, of frustration that I've seen. And and I guess for me, sort of the, uh, you know, the kind of hot take world is kind of, that's an easy critique. You know, plenty of people take that down. But it's these other people who are highfalutin. You know, I just see that same lack of engagement and charity and imagination in saying, like, it, it's not controversial to say, like, this is not good, this is not fun, this is not entertaining, and that does not make one a troglodyte to say that. Right. All right, Pastor, calm down. Have a <sighs> sip of coffee. I'm smoking. You can, uh, we could break in a moment, and you can have some cheese and uh, crackers, and all will be well with the world. Uh, but let's continue the rant, and mine is very brief. It's just a follow-up rant to an earlier rant here on the rant show. <laughs> um, but no, it touches on the, the themes we've talked about before. I was watching a series of shows. I, uh, the pastor will know that I, um, I'm going to talk a little bit out of school here. I was in the middle of church. I left right before his sermon. Because that was so, the service was going so poorly that no, he had to get out. Everything was going great. It was a wonderful day. It was a wonderful day. And uh, something that I had, had eaten the previous day, because I don't eat breakfast, had caused some discomfort, and I had to leave. And so I, I, uh, I'm going to say no more than that. <laughs> and I went home and turned on a nature show and laid on the couch as I sort of sweat and recovered. And uh, uh, this is a, uh, and I'll call out a name, this is the David Attenborough, it was a BBC show, it was not the Planet one, it was some, I don't have the actual title. You're a big was, fan though of Attenborough's work, right? Well, I, I am. I mean, the, the uh, uh, you know, the photography is, I mean, there's nothing like it in the world. It's really, really, really cool. I have nothing but praise for it. But I just wrote down a few phrases in my fever as I sat there. <laughs> I penned out a few of them. And this is what I've talked about before. They're talking about this, uh, continually using the phrase, these animals have developed, was one that I heard a couple times. And they got a head start on their evolution by doing X or Y yeah. or Z. And so they came up with, came up a number of times, because <sighs> I watched for like two hours as I recovered. And again, this is something I ranted on before. Look, in a closed loop system that David Attenborough believes in, because he is, a, I assume, if you pressed him, would be a complete materialism, because he's talking about nothing but you know, evolution in the current Darwinian model. He's British, so he's saying evolution, right? Yes. But I would remind you again, there is no agent in these things. Nobody comes up with anything. But couldn't the animal come up with it? Mike, like, I, geez, I need a, I need a longer beak. That's so what that I was it... telling my son. I was like, so these, there was one about a, like sea slugs or something. It was like, they all got together like, look. This is not happening, guys. <laughs> we are really falling down to the job here. Let's get together. Let's put our eggs in little packets. Let's drag them upstream. Let's let the birds uh, take our packets. Of, and then they'll see. The, what do you guys think? 
they're like, it sounds good. It's a lot better than what we're doing right yeah, now. Because right now we're we're dying. We're not going to get our <laughs> genes into the. I mean, this is absurd on a level, and and obviously this is the language of nature shows. But again, this was so prevalent in this because they were the whole point of the show was about the 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 uh, the, the whole enterprise of evolution as a closed loop. Um, you know, there's only matter. There's nothing but matter. There's no direction. There's certainly no God. There was no creator. Nothing. No, came. no teleology. No, no, nothing. nothing directing it towards but, any end. But then filled with absolutely filled with. So I, to me, that's what my rant is about. It was such a cheat. Like, look, just uh, grab your worldview and go with it. That's fine. And just say, this is happening because it's happening. And th- there is no coming up with. There's no people developing it. There's not uh, birds with clipboards going, we got to figure this out, guys. You know, there, that doesn't happen. And as, as soon as you realize that, you realize how much of nature shows are cheating based on that element. So that's my rant. They're cheats. Well... Isn't the problem like that when you're creating a show, even if it's, you know, it's just a nature show, it's telling a story, right? Yeah. It's telling a story about the development of something or an animal or even evolution itself. And, and we'll do a whole, you know, we'll eventually we'll just get into our whole a, a pod on the, theory, you know, evolution itself. We're not, you know, we're not Ken Ham over here. All right. So don't, you know, <laughs> right. worry at home. Though the Earth may only be four thousand years old, but no, 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 we, we, you know, we, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that in another pod top. But uh, Mike, what I think I hear you saying, what I, or what I think is that, like, that you can't, like, describe something. It's almost unavoidable to tell a story, right? And to have a story, you have to have an author, and right. there there is some intentionality embedded with any narrative that we we craft. It's unes- it's inescapable to sort of be like, oh, there's a beginning, a middle, an end, a direction, an aim towards mm-hmm. which things are going, and so this materialist worldview should actually preclude that. Yeah. Like there is no author, there is no story. It's just it's happening. Stuff happened. Wow, isn't that amazing? It randomly happened, which meant it could survive. But is yeah, that there, like a way I, to I tell a story? I would say there's even there's no saying. Isn't that amazing? I mean, because it just is amazing right? too. It just is. Yeah, there's no amazing. I mean, what what is there to be amazed about? Or you know, he, he the the bird has brilliant colors on him. Look at how beautiful these brilliant colors are. There's no beauty. There's no brilliance. There's just the colors. It's just, this should be the driest reportage for these shows if they were adhering to their worldview, but they're cheating and they're cheating horribly. That's my, that's like my complaint. Like it's bad cheating. Like it's, it's so obvious. It's that- so obvious uh, that, that they're using the terminology that they, that everybody lives in this world that does have actors and creators and independent thought and objective morality and things that we recognize in animals that, you know, that, that have some, you know, analog to us and, and yeah, and story and excitement, but those things cannot exist in your worldview. So you're smuggling in giant big things from something else. So just that's my rant. Oh, Mike is just, just do Mike, your own. Mike is gesticulating wildly. Now, I, it's now. the most I've ever. Ju- I have to like my arms <laughs> are like, around the outside of the microphone. It's like stand. he's. It's like he's an Italian, right now. But but yeah. So it, it was the fact that it was so pervasive and so obvious. So I've said it before, but I'm just pointing it out again. What would written, Richard Attenborough say? How would he? How what would his Richard retort? Richard Attenborough be? would say that you have you developed in your own mind a sense of. The wonder of nature 
and uh, and now your anger is based on your trying to find a mate, and your, <laughs> and your plumage is up. <laughs> look at him go. No, I don't know. He he does sort of ramble on. And Males with passion are more desirable to the female right. of their species. Soon, Mr. Nelson will get out a guitar and begin <laughs> playing folk songs in order to lure a mate into his basement nest. Oh, God. <laughs> so, in other words, you better get out of here, Dave. Yeah, I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a so, great rant. All right, so those are our rants, and uh, let's let's take a break. How does it let's feel? Let's get some ice packs on How our neck. How does it feel now that you've ranted? Um, I'm still angry. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, it's not like the pressure cooker, you know, false theory of emotions. Like expressing them actually only builds them up more. Yeah, but that's well, okay. We'll do some primal screaming at the break, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll do some housekeeping. We'll clean up our mistakes, and we will also break down a popular song from the 1990s. And we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Hey, yeah, everyone, it is uh, Pastor Dave here. Man, and if you love those rants, don't worry, the show's just going <laughs> to transform into more and more of that. I got a beef. It's sort of like Festivus. The, sometimes you got to air your grievances. Well, if you uh, enjoy the podcast and like what we're doing, uh, there's a few ways you can help us. The main way that I say every time, but I really mean it, is go to the iTunes store, and if you can rate us and review us, that's very, very helpful. You can find us on Facebook. There's the Like Trees Walking Podcast Facebook page that you can like you can follow us on twitter at ltw pod or of course there's always just our individual handles at michael g nelson or at david underscore bergie gotta have the underscore and uh, you can go to like treeswalkingpod.com all the old episodes are there and it's a, a good way to get information sign up for the email newsletter so you'll know when our next live podcast ha- is happening which we think is going to be sometime in September, and uh, we will give you an update then where it's going to be and what we're going to be doing. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for your listening. We hope that you enjoy it, and we will get now back to business. And we are back. And this... Is like trees walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. Obviously, that was Pastor Dave Berge doing that appeal. And uh, Dave, we have become what we hated because I realize this is the rant show, and that's kind of like, are we into that sports show territory with hot takes? Or I, I hope we're getting a little deeper than that. I think it's a deep rant. I hope so. <laughs> but it's but okay who to be knows? passionate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Um, so thank you for indulging us in those rants. We will be back next week with another. The show's not over. No. no. Oh no no no. Oh, we'll no. be back next week with another deep question. Not that those questions again were not deep, but here's one of the things we also do on the show. We do take it seriously, and as I've said, we are not perfect. We have made mistakes, and I would like to correct the record on uh, a couple things. I'll do the first one. This should be quick. Now, uh, the kind of classic first example was when you said that Thomas Dolby was like related to the Dolby. I did. I did. Him. I said it. I was not... Sh- I, I was... Well, I was sure of it because I had... You know, it's one of those things you just always know it. Yeah. And you know those things that aren't that important, then you cement them in your head even harder. Like, did you guys know that like Thomas Dolby, he's one of the Dolby family? <laughs> like... <laughs> And no one ever corrected me. And so I've spread that misinformation. Um, Thousands of people now believe that lie. 
I referenced um, one time a friend of mine gave me information that um, was false about broccoli and cauliflower being related and that, anyway, also a mistake that I believed for many years. You know, just those weird little things. They're not that important. But anyway, this one is slightly more important. We were in the Billy Joel quiz and there's a line in there about Sally Ride and uh, I took the Billy Joel quiz, I took the information off of a website that erroneously reported her as one of the people that died on the Challenger. And that is not true. Uh, that was Krista McAuliffe. And Sally Ride died. Um, she lived to be about 61, died of pancreatic cancer. My fault. I should have checked the facts better. And I am sorry for that. And thank you thank for you. A, uh, a fan catching that. And um, so there it is. Dave, you have one. Thank you. I have two. Two. All right. Well, let's go. no. Do I have to? Yeah. Do, Correct. I have to? do we need a theme for corrections and addendums? Or, or do we... Plan I think out. I have two. I think this counts as two. Okay. It's like kind of right. two wrapped up into one. One, okay. I, one is I have an apology confession to make to you. I said, you know, you're like, yeah, Rogue One is a prequel. And I was like, nah, nah. you know, I kind of hemmed and hawed and tried to come <laughs> yes. up with some, like, I called it like a parallel quote, which is not a thing, or a parallel story. Uh, it's, it is a prequel because it ends Thank with you. Darth Vader getting on the <laughs> Princess Leia ship, which is like literally all the events leading up to that moment. So... Only, only in that moment where it's just recreating what was shown in the first Star Wars movie, Episode Four, is it? Could you even and re- you, reasonably and, say it's a parallel quote? Only for like five minutes. And you know what makes me sadder about the whole thing what? is that you are apologizing to me about erroneously <laughs> stating something about Star Wars. That makes me so sad that that I, for one brief moment in time, knew something that you did not know about Star Wars. I don't like that feeling. of. And of as that. a part of that, you know, my kind of tortured explanation of why it was a parallel story, I talked about how they're describing how they got the plans for the Death Star, and then, you know, the, the, the woman who's the leader says, like, and many Bothans die bringing us this information. And that's I'm like, Mon yeah, Mothma, that's right? That's Mon Mothma yeah. talking about many Bothans <laughs> dying, bringing them that information. I'm like, see? Well, it just so happens. Thank you. Another listener corrected me and said, you know, I don't want to be that guy. But of course, they were being that guy. That's okay to be that guy. Yeah. Saying fine. like that's and then they sent me a link to an article, which explains, which I'm not the only person who has made this this mistake. That that's in Return of the Jedi. The Bothans, many Bothans died bringing us this information. So that's in Return of the Jedi, not in Episode 4, A New Hope. So I was way off on my chronology. All right. Well, the important thing is, out of all of these mistakes, I think what we've learned more than anything is that Star Wars is the worst thing ever created by man (laughs) and should not be watched by any human. So as long as that is clear... I think everything's fine. Hey, yub nub. A gitchy goora. All right. Well, after our rants and those corrections, let us close out the show with a, a sequence that we've done before. This is where we just break down a pop song that has something to do with theology that touches on it. And uh, this was one that um, I, uh, I remember hearing this. I think there was a time in my life where, unfortunately, I had to listen to FM radio while I commuted where I had no choice. You know, I had an old car. And so this is a, uh, a song by Dishwalla, which <sighs> is I it, think I, they were a one-hit wonder. Why that I, name? I don't know what that means, um, but you'll recognize the song if you are um, 
Dave's age or, well, maybe even a little younger than Dave and certainly my age. And let me just play a little bit of it for you and we'll break this song down. Here we go. This is Dishwalla. The video is a very gauzy and... Uh, the guy has long hair, kind of Pearl Jamish hair, I will say that. It was the 90s. I think this was a hit. Alright, we're getting to the meat of it here very soon. It's a boy asking questions of someone he walks children with. children often ask questions. Yes, right. All right, that's a good theological question there. Tell me all your thoughts of God. Am I very far? Yes. Oh, wait, does the meat of our thing not come until the second verse? <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Oh, I'm going to skip yeah. ahead. Yeah, this is a bit. Here we go. I think I skipped. There, yeah, there we, we go. go. There did, we that go. was a pretty good on-the-fly the skip there, yeah. All right, so. Give us the line, Mike. Or some of the lyrics. Yeah, so, okay, so I think I said it during the thing, but it's a child walking with someone. Presumably the singer is the narrator of this tale as they're walking along, and the child says, tell me all your thoughts of God, because I really want to meet her. Mm -hmm. And this was, <laughs> I believe, supposed to be a, a progressive uh, view of religion and everything. What... Pastor, your thoughts. This is supposed to be shocking to us, but it's also supposed to be like, come on, man. Let's embrace this new vision of God. And so they believe in God. They just believe it's a she. This is sort of, it seems a little bit like uh, a pâté le bourgeois, right? Shock the, shock the bourgeois, as yes. the French would say. So it's sort of yeah. like, yeah, I believe in God. She is great because, of course, our um, pronomial you know, use of language about God. So the kind of pronouns we use instead of just saying God, 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 God is, you know, overwhelmingly and predominantly masculine, right? When we talk about God, we speak of God as a, as a he. Right. This know? is subverting that thing where, like, the doctor saves you. And, yeah, that, oh, which is the that, doctor is a woman. Which is a classic thought experiment. And it is revelatory, like, because the doctor is a woman. It does, if you've ever done that one, uh, we should do that one one time. It does, like, that. it does show our sort of inherent biases towards gender identity in certain professions, sure. of course. Okay, and first off, to start and just say, like, okay, God is not a dude, right? In the sense that I am a dude, you know? Right. Um. Uh, so... You know, God is God is a spirit. Um, you know, spirits are not gendered in the sense that we think of human beings. Right. God is not Oral Roberts in a crystal cathedral, like just a guy. Like, yeah. And now I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Like, that's 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 the wrong way to think of God. Right. You know. However, <laughs> however, so when God became incarnate, did God did become incarnate in Jesus of yes. Nazareth? Who was? According to our view. According yes. to our view of God, yes, the Christian understanding of God, that uh, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, became incarnate um, 
in Jesus of Nazareth, who was a man. But so, you know, uh, if it's, I'd say, I'm kind of a a couple minds on this. One is which, you know what, if these gendered pronouns are just too difficult for you, that you think they're enforcing some oppressive understanding of patriarchy, then I guess don't use a pronoun. Just say God, 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 self, whatever. Sure. You know, like, uh, I would say that switching between he and she gets you in like uh just you're being too cute and it's too confusing and you're only further like entrenching these sort of gendered politics that perhaps we're trying to avoid um and it's not helpful uh and the he stuff is just what we see you know in in um the old testament the hebrew bible in the greek new testament all the pronomial language that is used as masculine you could say well that's just reflecting a patriarchal culture uh, I guess, yeah, but you know that's the scriptural language that we have. Have and when we lose that language, I think it it detracts away from our understanding of, of who God is from the Christian perspective. When we're thinking in terms of the Trinity, and the Trinity, when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, um, we're not talking about physical relations. We're talking about um, relationships of generation within that within the Trinity. So God is Father, as God is the source, the eternal generative source of the Son, who the Son is eternally begotten of the Father, and the eternal bond between them is the Holy Spirit. So this relational language that is inherent within who God is, we lose that when we refuse to speak of God in terms of these, not even masculine pronouns, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These are relational terms, not uh, gendered terms as we think them. And our own human relationships are but a pale reflection of those, our our fatherly son um, and spirited relationships that we experience as human beings. So uh, yeah, that's a complicated way to say don't jettison uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, that these um, masculine terms aren't just, you know, patriarchal, you know, so don't just smash the patriarchy, but think that these relational terms are actually helpful for our understanding of, 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 of who God is. And I would say uh, a, a good solution to this would just be to adopt the genteel Southern way of saying y'all, where you don't have the gender of the people, so I think God should just be y'all. Y'all. Now. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm joking about this, of course, and I will, shall be struck down by a bolt of lightning very, very soon. You, of course, shall be. And uh, there was uh, the Lutheran theologian Robert W. Jensen, who's at the, uh, the he's at Princeton at the Center for Theological Inquiry. Now, you know, he's written a, a good article about this, just saying, we, you know, we don't want to we don't want to lose this, nor do we want our sort of gendered politics of the 20th and 21st century to overwhelm um, and rob us of some very helpful language that we can use in speaking about God. I think, uh, can we put a link down or do you want to repeat we'll, that? We'll That's throw a link. Robert, so Robert W. W Robert W. Jensen. Jensen. Robert right. W. Jensen. Yep. Um, uh, Lutheran. Um, uh, ELCA Lutheran. Uh, theologian has done some thinking and writing about this that 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 I have found um, helpful. And uh, what I don't, what I've seen happen, uh, you know, I went to seminary, and so you know, one of our emphases at Princeton Seminary was you know gender neutral sort of language and stuff sure. like that. And and you know, that's I think a fine as certainly fine as far as it goes. And you know, there's places in Scripture where it it it. it talks about God being, you know, like a mother hen or, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not as extensive or as prevalent, certainly, but it's there um, yeah. and we can't, uh, we can't neglect it or ignore it. So don't ignore these, you know, sources um, that we have in our own tradition that 
kind of speak against just God as dude, you know, um, right. And yeah. we, and we don't want to confuse that, but that we, we, uh, you know, I thought that some, sometimes what happened would be, you know, people, instead of kind of looking at the substance of what certain people were saying, were just sort of sitting around counting their pronouns, um, which I found to be sort of frustrating. Um, it didn't happen. I, you know, I wasn't on the receiving end of it or anything like that, but just that, you know, people weren't engaging with what I felt were really substantive theological issues. They were sort of just counting pronouns right. as a short, right. as a short count. And it kept us, I think, from some of our essential work. Um, and the essential challenge, you know, the essential challenges of the church in the 21st century in an age where belief is, disbelief is becoming more prevalent and, and belief much more contested, um, you know, that's our target. That's our goal. That's our, our struggle. And if we're sort of in this, uh, you know, uh, circular firing squad, counting our own pronouns, um, it's weakening us um, for the battle and the banner which we have to carry forth into this world. That's kind of how I felt. Well said, and then I want you to sum up. What is your? Uh, what are your thoughts to echo them? What are your thoughts on Dishwalla? Do they hold up in the? It to, <laughs> in the to me, fresh century to me in the twenty first century that does not hold. That is such a like. It's just vanilla. It's like talk about. Oh, they're nice. It's a nice song. I want to know. I always think. I, I think I said this to my wife the other day about some bizarre one hit wonder. That you know how um, there's an old saying that every bar has a regular you know there's going to be one guy who's just hanging out at yeah. some weird bar that and every song they must be like that's my, my favorite song dishwalla counting <laughs> blue cars there's some guy or gal that's out the there. name of the song yeah it's called counting blue cars wow. it's a very vapid if you read the lyrics and we didn't go through the whole thing obviously it's just him walking along at sunset where does that to- name come from it's such like a it sounds like dishwater you know, if you're just like, that's how I remember it. I think of dish. I don't know. I think maybe they looked at Chumbawamba and said, <laughs> that's, we, we totally can do worse. Chumba- <laughs> we, <laughs> it's like, a, it's the like the poor man. Yes. Like I would, uh, you can understand why tub thumping was a hit. Yes. You know, like there's a lot to tub thumping. Uh, to to yeah. dish while accounting blue cars. Like that song is such like, if you were like doing a parody of like, it wouldn't even be a good parody of the 90s because it's so boring. I know. I know. Look, the Proclaimers. Tub thumping. They're still out there, man. Dishwalla. We're not hearing it for a reason. The, the dirty dishwalla went down the drain. <laughs> All right. Well, those uh, that's our rant show, and those are our rants. And I feel like there's a lot of rants in a row, but hopefully relieved by moments of of peace and understanding on all these issues true insight true yes. insight mike and we will be back uh at our next episode with something big and something meaty and deep we'll be fueled up on cheese and crackers and ready to go so i am michael j nelson i'm david Berge. and this is like trees walking and we will see you soon mm-hmm.